Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we turn our attention to current and future warnings found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, which state, For this reason, God will send them a deluding influence so they might believe what is false. Pastor Jim instructs us to turn our attention to the proverbial big picture. In the days of Antichrist, God will send a deluding influence to seal the fate of those who persist in following Satan. While we're being proverbial, Pastor Harris wants to help you see the proverbial forest instead of diverting your attention and time to inspecting individual trees. Please listen carefully as Pastor Jim delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, Deluding Influences. Now, the point of 2 Thessalonians 2.11 is exactly what it says. This is telling us that in the days of Antichrist, not here yet, God will send a deluding influence, who is the Antichrist, to seal the fate of those who persist in following Satan. So, let's move to verse 12. Men reject truth. God is going to do this, and the end of this um, paragraph here uh, explains why people are judged. He's going to do it, verse 12, in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. Now, this is blunt. There's no middle ground here. You either believe the truth, which leads you to faith in Jesus Christ and steady progress toward holiness over your lifetime, or you take pleasure in wickedness. All will be judged who did not believe the truth. There are no exceptions. There never has been. There never will be any exception to that. God will work it out. Everyone will be in eternity exactly where they belong. That's why my, my standard question for helping people to uh, discern in their own heart the difference between being a Christian and being a non-Christian or being a pseudo-Christian is, do you love Christ and hate your sin, or do you love your sin and hide it from Christ? Now, how can it be that God, one of whose attributes is truth, can send a deluding influence on the world? Well, God can do that. He is able to use even people who don't trust Him, don't believe Him, don't like Him, and hate Him for His purpose. I'll just show you a, a real quick illustration. If you look back to the record of how Pharaoh dealt with Moses and with Israel, he's a one-man illustration of what will happen on a worldwide scale in the end times. God called Moses, you know that, He told Moses, go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And Pharaoh's going to say, sure, well, no. Ask him again, okay, well, no. Well, and then finally, well, um, no. And as you read through that passage, this is on the hyperdrive 
version of it. Exodus chapter 8.15, it says, Pharaoh hardened his heart, didn't let him go. Then again in Exodus 8.32, Pharaoh hardened his heart, didn't let them go. Again, chapter 9, verse 34, Pharaoh hardened his heart and he didn't let them go. And by the way, God predicted that he would eventually harden Pharaoh's heart. God said that in Exodus 4, verse 21, chapter 7, verse 3, and chapter 9, verse 12. But after God gave Pharaoh several opportunities to obey him, he gave Pharaoh several opportunities to exercise his very significant power, to be gracious to his people. After Pharaoh hardened his heart those three times, then it says six times that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. If you want the references, they're on your screen. Chapter 10, verse 1, 10, 20, 10, 27, 11, 10, 14, 4, and 14, 8. So God hardened the heart of that Pharaoh in the days of Moses. Now, if you look ahead to what we're seeing in 2 Thessalonians, that's going to happen on a worldwide scale. God's going to send the influence to confirm the status of those people who need to be judged. You can see another great illustration of that on a much broader scale if you look ahead to second or to first kings chapter 22 and you'll see the situation where king ahab in the north wanted to take back a city that had been taken from the tribes of from the northern tribes of Israel and he wanted king jehoshaphat in the south to send troops to to help him and king ahab had these 400 prophets that would tell him whatever they wanted to hear those were the prosperity gospel prophets of their day. Uh, you want us to do this? Oh, sure, you can, you, you can do that. And then uh, they asked, uh, Jehoshaphat said, well, isn't there one person that will tell the truth? And, and uh, Ahab said, well, there's this one guy, but I hate him because he doesn't prophesy good concerning me. The guy's named uh, Micaiah, and you can read about him and, and what Micaiah said. And, and in the end, Micaiah told him what God had said, okay, you can go ahead and, and do it, but, oh, by the way, um, you're going to die in the process. And that was exactly what happened. But if you'll notice, it says in the midst of that, down around verse 22 of 1 Kings uh, 22, the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all these your prophets. In other words, it was God who focused the attention of a demon to go and be the influence on those 400 sycophant prophets that would say whatever um, King Ahab wanted to uh, wanted to hear. Now, God, therefore, and I hurried through that illustration because this sermon took way too long in the first service. God sent Satan and his dupes to do what would fulfill his plan. Now, if that makes your brain overheat a little bit, well, enjoy the warmth. It's cold outside. You're going to have to live with it. It is true. God uses anybody, anything he wants, even those who hate him, he uses to accomplish His purpose. And yet, those who refuse to obey Him, every single one of them is held accountable for every single one, uh, every single time that they rebel against God. Now, that's the end of our passage for today. I want to spend most of our time on some application. The Westminster Confession famously says, among other things, all that God decrees, that means He wills it, he, he forces it to happen, and 
providentially allows to come to pass is for His glory. In other words, God does things positively and God uh, works with all of the other things that are going on in the world, all using it for His glory. Now understand, God is not evil. God is not in any way the source of evil. Fallen men and fallen angels are fully responsible for all the evil in the universe. They will reap the eternal consequences for it according to the righteous judgment of God who always judges fairly and accurately and thoroughly. Understand also, though, that God is never the victim of evil. Satan is not God's equal. He is not like uh, Moriarty to, uh, what's his name? Sherlock Holmes, there you go. Don't start a sentence if you don't have a clue how you're going to finish it. God is never the victim of that. He doesn't have this equal and opposite force that he deals with. Everything that Satan does, God is in control of. And Satan is accountable for. Every single thing that an unbeliever does, it is within the control of God. Nothing happens that he is unaware of and isn't going to deal with. God allows evil within the universe that he created in order to best display His glory by demonstrating His grace and executing His justice. So God uses evil sinlessly within His plan and for His glory. So as I mentioned, those two verses that were the focus of the email that I sent out earlier this morning um, summarize what I really want to do with the rest of our time. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 10, verses 11 and 12. He says, Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So exhort, I want to come alongside and say, hey, here's where we need to, uh, to go. Encourage, be strong. The Lord is with you. Let's do this. We have to do this together. And imploring, that's like begging. Come on, guys, we really need to do this. Do what? Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord in the middle of a society that is going the opposite direction. That's what we need to do. So I want to implore you as we look at these things that I'm about to, uh, to say to you, that we not be distracted by the individual trees in this forest around us, but realize who's growing the forest and that it is all going to be harvested. And I pray that you're going to live and act in terms of the overall plan of God and not be sidetracked. And that's what's happening today. A lot of rabbit trails, a lot of things that are very scattered, diffuse, contrary, frustrating. With the decline of honest, unbiased journalism and the concurrent rise of social media where now everyone and anyone can spout an opinion as if it's a fact, we wind up in just a wash in a sea of confusing messages. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.